Welcome to today's podcast, Hello Conversations. Keeping it real. Thank you so much for joining us for our very first podcast, Hella Momversations. Yay! Yay. Uh, we have been planning and anticipating this podcast for a really long time now, and it's so good to finally have it here in front of us. Uh, my name is Olga Rosales Salinas. I am managing editor for San Francisco Bay Area Moms. Our handle is SanFranciscoMoms.com. Today with me co-hosting is Jean Hison. Jean, do you want to say hello? Hi, everybody. My name is John Hezon. I am a contributing writer for San Francisco Bay Area Moms. I'm the mother of two little girls, six-year-old uh, named Ilsa and a two-year-old named Alice. Um, all my writing is about uh, living, raising my kids, you know, being a good partner to my husband uh, here in San Francisco. So we are so excited uh, to, to be here with you, uh, to chat with you, to learn from you, um, and more importantly, support you this is i'm so glad to have you here and to have you here as our very first co-host um can you tell us a little bit about how long you've been writing for sanfranciscomoms.com well it's funny you asked so i i remember i was you know i was killing some time i think i was pumping and i was scrolling <laughs> facebook and i saw an open call for like writers i'm like what is this and uh I remembered I had uh, shot a DM to our Kelly Arditi, who was our San Francisco Barry Moms founder, and said I was interested and, you know, submitted a writing sample uh, where I talked about, like, what to feed my one-and-a-half-year-old <laughs> or, like, That's what great. to cook. With. Yeah. And then it just kind of grew from there. Um, and it'll be six years this May. And it's been such a wonderful uh, journey, you know, like now I have two kids and, you know, we were pandemic learning or, you know, right. having to, you know, be a mom on the go and, have, you know, travel for work and kind of manage that thing or, you know, the relationship side or um, it's been a wonderful, um, it's been a wonderful six years. Um, yeah, and so I'm excited for this part. I'm excited for this. I'm excited that we are, yeah. um, we get to chat. Um, and just be a little more out there, not just be uh, written voices uh, that right. people get to really know us. Right. And I really do appreciate that you have six years of bylines. <laughs> I mean, it really is. You must be able to see all of these articles you've written mm -hmm. as the progression of your experience as motherhood in motherhood. Yeah. And I think that's so amazing. And it's have, so, so I feel like having you as the first uh, first person um, co-hosting is is powerful. So thank you for being here. Absolutely, Olga. Um, so one of the things that I want this podcast to be about, one of the things that I was excited about um, was when we were creating it, we thought that it should look a lot like a, um, a play date. And as anyone who has ever experienced a play date, you have these half conversations and, and really with good intentions to finish a thought, but you know, your kids won't let you do that. And so the way we're going to record this show and the way we're going to put it out there is in segments Well, it'll be about interviews, but it'll also be about segments with that have to do with Disney and the content that our kids are exposed to. We're also going to be reading some of the content on our website, sanfranciscomoms.com into the podcast so that you guys get to see as our listeners on the podcast, you'll get to hear what we write on our website and the content that, um, that we send out into the world, into the Bay area. So 
Uh, it's going to be set out in, in segments and it will look like a, a play date um, with interruptions from our kids. And uh, we'll try to edit as much of that out just so you can enjoy the show. <laughs> Thank you so much again for sharing your backstory. I wanted to talk a little bit about Disney and Disneyland. I feel Ooh, like um, I love Disney. Disney and Disney happiest place on earth. Yes, and Disney content. Happy. Yes, it, it is a big part of my life with two little boys. Yeah, and um, I didn't think it was going to be so relevant, but here we are. <laughs> Six years into motherhood, and I know all the Disney movies and the songs and the storylines. And I want to talk a little bit about Encanto. I know that everyone's doing it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about them. So I come from a big uh, Latinx family, first-gen Mexican-American. What's your background, Sean? Uh, Filipino-American, uh, military brat. Uh, my dad joined the service after I was born. So, uh, you know, my sisters and I'm, I'm the oldest of three girls. So we traveled a lot uh, growing up. And that was, you know, the military community was has always been kind of a community. Um, my parents uh, still serve to this day. So they're both civilian employees, uh, you know, but the military has never not been part of my life. Okay. Um, okay. So, and you can have Disney movies. Yeah. Okay. As far as um, uh, Encanto, your experience with that show or that movie is that mm-hmm. um, Maribel has two sisters, right? So this is yep. this parallels your experience growing up, and now you have two daughters, which also parallels that, right? Not, now, I, now, yeah. Yeah, um, it's. I, I thought that the the dynamics of the sisters uh, were were kind of interesting, um, but I don't know. It wasn't. It was hard for me to connect only because they were so focused on the central characters, you know, not having a gift. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, and focusing on like, well, everyone else has a gift, but I I don't have one. Um, that was kind of hard for me to kind of, uh, to, to kind of stick with because it was, because all my kids kept singing was the music. So yeah, <laughs> I think I learned more about the music than the actual story, to be honest. Yeah. With you. Okay. <laughs> so you haven't sat down and taken notes, which I have done. <laughs> I, I have not, but I can tell you everything about Frozen and Frozen 2. Okay. Okay. Um, I also come from a big family. I have five sisters in my family and uh, wow. yeah, there's six See? of us total. So the story, the, the storylines of sisterhood in Encanto very much resonate with my experience. No. Um, I, I get to have boys now though. So, um, <laughs> but the, I think the sibling dynamic is still an important storyline in Encanto and um, I appreciate what Disney did there. I, I know that you you experienced it more through the music and the and the yep. you know the storyline that way. How how can you how can you see your daughters react to those types of themes that were in the movie? I I think you know for so my two year old is still it doesn't exactly have the attention span to sit through a movie. Right. So she might watch like a second of it and then she'll go wander off and, you know, make mayhem in some other part of the house. Uh, my six and a half year old Ilsa will, she'll learn, she'll keep practicing that song. She'll go to her tablet and go to where they're just doing the song. So she wants to learn the song for her. It's about the music and the, and the different feelings. So 
I, I think for her, it was about like, you know, everyone has a gift and it doesn't matter what that, it doesn't have to be this big thing. Everybody is special in their own way. Um, and I appreciated that. And I also loved the, that there was that second generation thing with, you know, there's all uh, with, you know, their grandmother with the abuela. Yeah. Um, I, I love that little bit because a lot of times, you know, the grand, you know, um, in Asian culture, and I think in, to a certain extent, um, other cultures, there's, you have multi-generational living. Right. Or where your, your, your extended family is involved. So to have that, you know, abuela be at such the forefront being really the, the matriarch of the house. Right. Uh, was so, um, I love that. It made me miss my own, you know, my paternal grandmother, uh, because she was, you know, she was the woman of the house. Um, and I I love that they made her very much the, wasn't just about the man. It was about the woman of the house and we can all appreciate that, um, you know, as moms. Um, Yeah. And I think, uh, I think it's important to note that, um, the movie Coco also had uh, the storyline with the grandma and how important the grandma's opinion was. And even though like the only Mexican family in Mexico doesn't like music, (laughs) it was a little unrealistic, (laughs) but I will give them credit for, um, the matriarch and, um, and, and, you know, generations living under the same roof. I yes. think that those are really in- important things that um, I've never seen Disney do besides these two movies. And I appreciated it. Maybe Moana. Um, yeah. Moana had that as well. Uh, yeah. Moana, Mo- Moana had that. And then you had some like, uh, you know, uh, with uh, Lilo and Citrus, like, kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, what does a family, Stitch. you know, what does a, what does a family look like? Right. Um, versus like, what you consider a traditional family, like you can have a family and it can look different, but it's yeah. still yours. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, it comes back to that sense of home. Yeah. So I appreciated all that. Um, what do you feel when you're, t- I mean, I feel like when I was growing up, I would get, I mean, I'm totally aging myself now, but um, we had okay. those VHS tapes. <laughs> And we just, we just play them over and over again. And that was life. Right. But now it's things are totally different. Um, when your two-year-old is like, grows older, do you think you'll go back to these movies? Or oh, yeah. Will you just, yeah, I will. Well, and I, and I, you know, there, there are a lot of articles to talk about, oh, these movies are so, you know, they're not culturally relevant, but they are. They I think are no matter to what, us. Yes. They are to me. Like, yeah, I'm a VHS kid. And I, I, yeah. I won't deny that, you know, I remember <laughs> going to watch Little Mermaid in theater. We took my yeah. youngest sister who was, you know, like four and, you know, it was a big thing being your big sisters to take mm-hmm. her to the movie. Right. You know, parents would drop us off at the theater and for her to see Little Mermaid in the theater and experience that and, you know, learn the songs with her was such a wonderful kind of experience. And I think that you Disney's such a, such a great job of creating not just stories, but music that you right. just kind of want to sing. Even if they're sad songs, you just want to sing them. No, it's um, true. They get to pick you back. Uh, I mean, you hear the the drums from like Lion King or uh, Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, um, all these things that they grow, grow up with. Um, and yeah, I want them to experience. I want them to experience the wonder because if anything that Disney does really well is really give them that sense of like uh, imagination. 
everything. Yeah. yeah, it's and it's okay. We all need that sense of fantasy in our lives right now. Yeah. We need that sense of wonder. Someone to tell me that there are rainbows and fairies and that they exist. <laughs> right. They and do. Pixie dust. There are. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I saw my sprinkles. <laughs> yes, I saw my four-year-old trying to move the house the other day, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm strong," and I know he got that from Encanto. And I just—it was so adorable. I just <laughs> great job, Disney. We love you. Keep them coming. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> back to back to how you can get involved with. The Hella Momversations <laughs> that you're listening to right now. We are San Francisco Bay Area Moms. You can find us at SanFranciscoMoms.com. Please comment on this podcast. Let us know what you think about these Disney storylines that have only gotten better since we were kids. Um, did yep. you listen to VHS tapes? Did you watch VSH tapes? And what were your favorite growing up? We want to hear all of that in the comment section. So please do share with us. Okay, so I don't want it to be lost. We're having this Disney conversation that as adults, we get to see ourselves in this movie. Um, myself is one of six daughters. I really... I really was feeling the very complicated relationship in sisterhood. And I know you can speak to that as well. Yep. Um, I love my sisters. Uh, together, we have started a nonprofit called Rosala Sister Scholarship. Mm -hmm. I love them so much. They are still complicated relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they uh, are. are. Yes, we all are very opinionated. We all have our special gifts uh, that we contribute. Um, we all have, um, you know... Uh, we're complicated people. And so we're, these are complicated relationships. And I really appreciated what Disney did with the sisters and Isabella and Maribel um, and, and showed their strengths and their weaknesses. So how did you, how did that play out when you were watching that movie? John? I, I, I love seeing, you know, kind of that dynamic of, you know, because there was such a gap with uh, like Isabella and Maribel, that they were at different parts of their lives. And in a way, you know, I, I could feel that. And if I look at some of their Disney movies like um, Lilo and Stitch or like Frozen, where you've got, you know, your sisters and you're at different parts of your lives and how do you connect and how do you stay connected? So I'm the oldest of three girls. My middle sister, Cherie, is just barely a year younger than me. And then my youngest sister, Sally, is seven years. So Sally's always been my baby. Um, my middle sister is, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of like the stick that keeps poking at me because <laughs> uh, we're so close in age, you know, um, you know, but, but you look at those things and you look at the youngest and how, like, how do I, you know, how do you have a gift when like your sister can do all of this? Um, and it's really always been about, you know what, you're going to do what you're going to do and you're going to be great at whatever it is. You don't need to do what I do. Right. You know, there are things that I like doing. I like school. If I could be a forever student, I would because I like school. But school is not for everybody, you know. Uh, so I always told them, you know, it's our paths are always going to be a little different because we're very different people. But you get us in a room together, and I'm sure it's just like with you and your sisters. You then we can get a word in edgewise. Right. When the three, when when you and your sisters are together, and when you are together, you guys are stronger than anybody else. Um, and I think that's what I love about, you know, being part of a group of sisters and something I hope to pass on to my, my two daughters is the importance of like, you got to have each other's back. You have got to accept each other for all the differences that are going to happen as you get older. 
but when you're together, dude, no one's get no one's getting in the way of the two of you. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you don't talk. You don't talk about my sister in front of me. Like, yeah, not. no, yeah, no. So, and, and if I'm uh, if I'm bad mouthing her, you would not agree with me, <laughs> right? Well, and you know, you can always agree to disagree. You know, like I remember, right. you know, at, at one point, you know, before like all these like before we could get on a three-way call and get hung up on because the two of them didn't agree with me. I'm like, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's sisterhood in the nutshell. I think that's yeah. a great way to wrap up our, our Disney conversation on sisterhood is that sometimes it's okay to hang up on your sister. And that's yeah, it's okay. So and then you'll text later. Right. And then you'll text yeah, later. And say, I love you. I love yes. you. Talk to you later. Right. You know, exactly. So thank you so much uh, for thank being you. here again and for doing our very first show. Um, so Hello Mom Versations. You can find more information about us at sanfranciscomoms.com. We are San Francisco Bay Area Moms as a community. Please find us on all our social media. They will be tagged here. Also stay, in tune, stay tuned for our spring guide 2022. It's going to be uh, March and April. So as the show is airing in March, you'll be hearing more about our spring guide. We'll also have the split, the spring fling giveaway and Woo-hoo! also the summer camp guide of 2022. Yes. So as you know, in the Bay Area, summer camps fill out and sell out right away. So stay tuned for the spring guide for the summer camp that's up now for this you. summer. San Francisco Barrier Moms 2022 Spring Fling Giveaway is happening now. Go to SanFranciscoMoms.com and look for our springtime friends throughout the site. Find them in articles published between January 2022 and April 2022. Look for bunnies, eggs, baskets, and more. Each one you find, you'll be able to submit your email to add a ticket to the giveaway raffle. Go on the scavenger hunt now and enter up to 10 times for your chance to win a prize from premium brands such as Kiko, Petiped, Kia Babies, Manly Menko, Bumpkins, Tea Turtle, and many more. So our next thing we're going to do in our very first podcast, Hello Conversations, is interview Steph Lease, founder and director of City Mom Collective. Growing the network from its original site as a Scottsdale Moms blog in 2009, now living in the greater Minneapolis area, she oversees a national network by spearheading growth strategies, sales initiatives, and shepherding and encouraging an ever-increasing number of moms managing individual local parenting websites. She is married to Alan and is the mom of three girls, Nora, Elsie, and Audrey. She loves throwing a great party, connecting people, and cooking with a glass of red wine. Let's connect with her now and and hear about her story and how she started City Mom Collective and um, looking forward to that. So you're doing a lot. <laughs> and we, we are appreciate doing a lot. It. Yeah, I am doing a lot alongside of a lot of other people. So. Yes. Um, can <laughs> you tell here. us what it's been like for you from yeah. the start? Backstory. Yeah, well, uh, so a friend and I, as you shared, uh, started our very first site in Scottsdale, and that was really six to nine months after my first uh, daughter was born, and she's now twelve years old. Oh wow! Uh, at that time, blogging was not common vernacular. I actually even remember having a conversation with a friend that I was starting this blog, and she said what is that? (laughs) I just very specifically remember this period in time, which is hard to imagine that it was not commonplace for people to have blogs and 
Instagram wasn't even around at that time, believe it or not. And so we, but I have always been someone that has desired a connection with others. Uh, I've also had this inherent desire to always gather people together. And so even though the new world of motherhood at that time felt uh, scary and lonely and like, there's just so much unknowns. Uh, I still had this like part of my heartbeat to gather moms together. And, uh, I also had, you know, dreams and aspirations and I I'm okay with taking a risk and just trying it. Uh, and so we built this, uh, local site, Scottsdale moms blog, really with that desire to connect local moms, which is something that I love to do and was wanting to do, uh, but also to gather them, whether it be through an online platform, like our website or our social media platforms. And that's really what it was born out of is just this desire that I had myself and then we started to build these businesses and communities off of that. That's so great. What were you doing before this, before you became a mom and before you came up with all of this greater big picture stuff? So I worked for a nonprofit uh, in okay. event planning, actually. Okay, so perfect. <laughs> not really. And my degree is in exercise sports science. Don't tell anybody because wow. I don't even really <laughs> like that kind of stuff so much anymore. Uh, I think as an aside, I think it's a lot to ask a 19, 20 year old person to know what they're going to do and what they're going to be good <laughs> doing right, for the rest right. of their life. Uh, but yes, I knew Event planning has always been something that I loved to do. And so I was working full-time in there uh, for this nonprofit called Family Matters uh, that was committed to empowering and educating families. And so I guess in some ways it kind of worked uh, hand in hand, but I was still doing that job uh, while I started this business as well. And then it just gradually became me doing more of building my business and less of uh, working uh, for Family Matters. But I do credit a lot of what I know about business and relationship management to the time that I had uh, working for Family Matters. That's so great. When when you were coming up with this, you you said that you were doing it at the same time with your day job. So this was officially like a side hustle, which oh, I mean, sure. everyone in the Bay Area has a side hustle. So a lot of our listeners would be able to appreciate that. Yeah. Um, can you give us some some one of the like biggest challenges that you and your partner faced when you were first stepping it up and maybe getting more writers to join your blog? What were the biggest challenges that, yeah. that came your way? Yeah, I I think one of the challenges, maybe not the biggest, but the one that comes to my mind first and foremost is because blogging was new and the influencer industry was not at all in existence, uh, the fact that we were building a community, uh, writing content, planning events, that was the easy part. It wasn't necessarily easy, but it was pretty natural for us. And so building in then this business aspect of it, when we didn't have the experience to build the business, nor did a lot of people, now mo- most marketing companies have influencer marketing 
as a line item in their budget. That was not happening at that time. And so it just required a lot of us to uh, educate our sponsors and our clients on the value of marketing with us. And thankfully, they many of them caught on. And I know many of our sites have longtime sponsors that have been with them for a long time. But I think because of the newness of the industry, there was this level of no one really knew, ourselves included, what the potential for it was going to look like. There was no roadmap for us. We just were thrown at the wall and hoping that it stuck over and over again. And it did. And so much of it stuck and has stuck since. So proud of you guys. With that, I guess I have to ask, like, what were were like your first big success where you were like, wait, I can quit my day job. You looked at your best year. You're like, we're doing happy hour tonight to celebrate. Like, what was that first big moment? You know, that's a great question. Because uh, I will say that in quitting my day job, I never was at a spot where it didn't feel risky to do that. So it wasn't that our income was so high that I was like, yes, I can totally quit. This is going to be great. Because most small business owners, there is a fluctuation. You don't exactly know what the income is going to look like. And so even for the planner of planners, you know, there's going to be a risk involved. So it felt risky. However, to answer your question, I will look back on the past number of years and I'd say one of the kind of biggest celebratory points that I felt like, to your point, we made it. (laughs) This is going to sound so ridiculous, Uh, but we partnered with Costco for a Costco mom hour. Yes. And 89 warehouses across the country opened an hour early uh, for, and they were partnering with our sites in these 89 warehouse locations. And they provided snacks for kid-friendly snacks and food for moms. And most of us, especially when you have young kids, you're like, why does Costco not open earlier? We need a spot to go. (laughs) And so we pitched it to them and they did, I think, if I remember correctly, $2.4 million of sales in that one hour across 89. Wow. That is amazing. That is so so awesome. Yes, definitely a big, yeah, big, big moment. That's like a huge brand and the fact that they saw the value in our hyper-local niche marketing that we could offer them uh, was just a huge, a huge celebration for us. When, um, I guess, thinking about where you were in that timeline, were the sister sites like already um, going to different cities at that point? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, so we had 89 warehouses that opened, uh, but there were multiple warehouses in some different cities. So say Phoenix, for example, I think they had three or four warehouses that opened the hour early. So it wasn't exactly one site per warehouse that was opening at that point, but I'm sure we had well over 50 sites that were participating and hosting that event. And it was so fun. If anyone from Costco Corp is still listening. We will, we will <laughs> gladly do it again. I'm like, I hope someone from Food Max is on here looking at us. We're San Francisco. We're the San Francisco branch. We can we can yeah. do the same for you. What I guess along those lines, what would you do again? What would you 
I know that some challenges didn't work, right? Not everything sticks, but what would you continuously do again? Had you, had you, were you uh, able to start over again? Yeah. It's an awesome question. I would say that, uh, and my former business partner, Joy, would uh, agree to this sentiment, but the first year that we were building Scottsdale Moms blog for a number of months, it was just Joy and I writing on the blog and sharing our opinions. And we were so different uh, just in personality that it worked well because we were covering different topics and meeting kind of the needs of various moms. And we didn't know what a collaborative site could possibly look like with multiple writers contributing. And Joy is the one that said, we need more writers. And I thought, no, I think people come for our voices. Turns out they don't. (laughs) They don't come (laughs) for just our voices. And so uh, I trusted her gut on that. And I'd say that because we made that decision for our communities to be supported by anywhere from 10 to 40 writers uh, in each of their cities, the network effect and the community that we've developed has become so much stronger because there really are so many voices that are contributing to each of our sites. Uh, And so I, I wouldn't do that differently. It's funny that I say that I was not on board with it, Uh, but I can very easily accept that that was a very wise choice on Joy's part. And I'm glad that I went along with it. Awesome. So I guess that goes to my next question, which was, would you do that one thing earlier? So I guess you would do that. Probably. I would probably have done it very early, but again, it was just such an interesting time because so many people would like, where did you find guidance or mentorship on how to build this business, especially in the early years? Uh, and there just wasn't anything. And there isn't a lot like our business no. model out there. And so, you know, we were just constantly saying, well, I guess we'll just give it a try. <laughs> I hope that works. Now, thankfully, now 10 years into the business, I, I feel like we're still taking risks and having to make choices that don't feel super solid right in the moment, but we have a lot more, you know, history and, and um, numbers to be able to evaluate uh, the risk. But yeah, I think I would definitely bring on writers before uh, because truthfully, I'm not a great writer. (laughs) And I will tell people that. So the less I need to write, the better. So the sooner I would have stopped writing, probably the better for everyone. (laughs) I think that the most powerful part, well, there are so many powerful parts about your story and in this business specifically, but for me, what resonates the most is that you were able to take on the new mom role and also go, okay, things are totally different now. And I need this community of other moms who are also going through the same thing. And like, where do I find them? And then you recognize that something like what you're doing is, or what we're doing is not, doesn't exist really, or didn't, especially at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, What advice would you give new moms that are in the Bay area? Mm-hmm. who find themselves with a newborn or looking around and their single friends won't do anymore. And uh, they're looking for a connection, especially during COVID. Um, what would you say to them specifically about going out there and starting a new business or um, developing hobbies, I guess? Yeah. Well, I, I will say that everyone is so different and I think people's capacity looks different and each new baby is different and requires different uh, 
energy levels of every mom. And so the last thing I would want anyone to hear in this story is that I think starting a new side hustle while you have a new baby is for everyone because it it's hard. I worked all nap times and after my kids went to bed for years, that's the only time that I was able to get in my work hours for my business. And that was okay. And so I'd say, you know, really one of the powerful things that our sisterhood uh, offers our sister site owners and their team members is the flexibility to work around what stage of motherhood you are in. And so that doesn't look the same for all of us, but uh, I do think for uh, select few folks that are like, I have this passion, I have this idea and I also have a little tiny baby that's requiring a lot of energy of me, you can do both. You can do both. It is not a, you know, either or situation. You can absolutely do both, but always prioritizing your family and ensuring that you're moving your mission forward, but you're always prioritizing your family before, uh, before said mission uh, is so important. Something I'm constantly learning as a driven leader myself. So don't think that I am above anyone uh, in figuring this out. I love that. I think uh, today's title might just be, you can do both because yes. I feel like that is a mantra we should adapt. If you're ambitious and you, you want to do it, uh, you yeah. can do both. San Francisco Bay Area Moms 2022 Summer Camp Guide presented by Camp Half-Blood is your family's ultimate guide to summer camps and programs all around the San Francisco Bay Area. There's something for every kid. Visit us at SanFranciscoMoms.com for more information. Yeah. Thank you so much. Is there anything, any last piece of advice you want to give to the moms in the Bay Area specifically? Um, I don't know if you visited out here much. Uh, I have been out there a couple of different times. And, you know, the only thing that comes to mind when you were asking that last question about new moms and uh, possibly, you know, getting into a side hustle, uh, I actually anticipated that the question was more going to be around getting involved in your local community and finding friends. And I would just say that, if you're feeling alone or lonely right now, um, you're not the only one, like all moms feel that way. And so it is going to take a level of getting outside of your comfort zone and putting yourself out there when it comes to developing these new mom friendships. Uh, it is awkward. It is for everyone, everyone. (laughs) And so, uh, that that's, Really, the only other thing I would say is that there is there are communities out there that are eager to embrace new people and wanting to establish deep connection and friendship. And I think a great spot to start is obviously our sister sites, uh, yes, like obviously Bay Area Mom. Uh, but there are plenty of other opportunities, uh, as simple as the mom at the park that's sitting there by herself. You could very much go up and introduce yourself. <laughs> And it'll be okay. I love that so much. Jean, you're here uh, co-hosting today and also a contributor for the community. Is there anything that you want to ask us specifically? I listened to a couple of your podcasts. Um, What brought out the name Just Add Sprinkles? 
Yeah. You know, the name <laughs> of it actually is, uh, I would say a very personal, like how I live my life, uh, ambition. Uh, I really, I know that the temptation for so many moms is to, is to play the comparison game where you are constantly comparing what you have to what your neighbor has or to what that other mom has. And, uh, I really feel like the, um, counter to comparison is that of celebration, choosing to celebrate what that other person has instead of you. And so I talk a lot about this idea of setting aside comparison and choosing celebration instead. And that was before the podcast launched. Uh, and we, we did launch the podcast and I, everyone pretty much collectively on our team was like, well, it has to be something about celebration and sprinkles because you talk about that all the time and teaching our kids to celebrate, even when it's hard, when things are tricky. And so absolutely, uh, I am known to have a lot of sprinkles in my home, actually, like (laughs) literal basis. Uh, So it's also a reflection of my pantry. Uh, But uh, I, I just really believe that our, culture, our communities, our families need more celebration and Agreed. adding some Absolutely. sprinkles to it always helps. It ne- yes, it does. Helps. Now, I, I love that. And I think that was one of the things that kind of drew me to joining the blog was that you could have your own voice, do it in your own time and share your, your perspective and your perspective is valued. Um, yeah. And you know, I look back on like six years worth of writing and I'm like, wow, my whole motherhood has evolved mm-hmm. um, in a way that's really kind of exciting. But I feel that like, you know, the more we grow as a group, that that's just that's just going to keep evolving. Um, and it's, it's going to be exciting to see what other moms write about and what they're, mm-hmm. you know, I love this hyper this focus on uh, um, hyper local um, mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Uh, because that's where we grow the most, right? We, like, you know, my experience here is different from an you know, experience from like a Boston mom. Yeah. Um, um, and that's so very important. Um, I think yeah. when we're making connections. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much for that. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I really, really enjoyed hearing how you started and the big successes, the big wins, the big takeaways, and then the advice for here for our local Bay Area moms. Thank you so much, Steph, for being with us. Thank you, Jean, for uh, doing this with us today and uh, our very first podcast. Woo! Yeah. If you're listening, please follow us at San Francisco Bay Area Moms. Uh, Social media tags will be listed here below. So thank you guys so much. Woo!